Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey, Soap fans and true believers. It's time for that super secret special guest. And hopefully you guessed it. The doctor is in. I have Vincent Irizarry, a.k.a. Dr. David Hayward, who we've mentioned several times on this show as a personal fan favorite. We chat about his history with soaps starting in the 80s and his career on daytime spanning over 30 years on six different soaps. And of course, his past with Vanola Hughes and her character, Anna Devane. So enjoy this Throwback Thursday episode of Believe in Soap Operas. believe in soap operas and I've talked so much about this actor who played one of my favorite characters and how he's much needed on General Hospital so he really doesn't need that much of an introduction but I have Mr. Vincent Irizarry on the line today. How you doing Vincent? Hi Lucretia. Hey. I'm well Lucretia. How are you doing? Pretty good. Uh, I know it's dark and stormy where I'm at here in Texas right now. Are you in LA? Wow. I'm in Los Angeles, and it is clear and sunny, and today we're going to have it's 85 degrees. It's a beautiful, beautiful day. Oh, wow. You know, and, and the, the beauty of Texas is it was like that yesterday, and it'll be like that tomorrow, but today it yeah. rained. Right. For us for us here, we've had sort of, uh, the weather's been fluctuating back and forth like crazy. Uh, just a few days ago, it was like in the low 60s, and there we had... We had a lot of rain over the last few weeks, so which is not which is atypical for us at this time of year. Usually, it, the raining season goes February, March, late January through February into into mid March. So for us to be still having a lot of rain in mid April, um, that's 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 not usual. So yeah, L.A. is very fickle. I know they had the earthquake last night, and for all the years I lived yeah. in L.A., I think it rained more last year and this year altogether than the other five years. <laughs> yeah, I, it, it was a little crazy last night. There were two. There were two earthquakes actually. One was an aftershock, obviously, um, which happened about four hours later. But it was brief. It was very brief. Uh, but I felt it, and it was just, it was a little weird, you know. I've been here when we've had some some big ones, not the big ones, not the Northridge one. I was actually in New York when that happened. Um, I was on the guiding light at the time, and I was on my way to work in a cab, and I heard it on the radio that they just had an earthquake in Los Angeles. And I immediately ran upstairs and was able to get through to my daughter, who was living here at the time, um, and my ex-wife. They were both here to make sure they were good. And after that, people could, nobody can get calls out anymore. So I, it was good that it happened right away. Oh, wow. Yeah, I, I know that last year we had a few big earthquakes in L.A. Because that's where I'm at normally. But due to the quarantine, I'm here in Texas. And it, yeah. for once, glad. Because even though we're rainy, it's it's a much different rain than when people are used to it than in L.A. Sure. But, yeah. Sure. We're in, we're in Texas, how are you? Uh, I'm with my mom in Tyler, Texas. It's like northeast Texas. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, where is that in relation to, like, Dallas or Austin or San Antonio? It's actually directly in between Dallas and Shreveport, Louisiana. 
So it's like the one big city on I-20 in between there. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right, fantastic. Great. Yeah, cool. Brad Mall, who was Tony Jones on General Hospital, actually lives not too far from here. Oh, sure. Yeah. Sure, I know Brad. I know. It's like Soap Operas are one big repertory company. We all know each other. Yeah. If, we, if we haven't worked with each other, we usually know one another. So, um, you know, I've, I've never had the opportunity to work with Brad, but I certainly know who he is. Yeah, like, the Soap family is a tight-knit family when you realize it. And everybody knows sure. everybody because they used to have, like, softball games and stuff against each other, ABC and CBS. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All the fan events, yeah. Yeah, when I was on Guiding Light as Jack, we used to have um, softball games with As the World Turns, with Another World. And there was a time when I, we were playing As the World Turns, and uh, Julianne Moore was on there, Meg Ryan was on there, Parker Posey was on there, and Marissa Tomei was on there, As the World Turns. Oh, wow. All of them won. It was crazy. It was crazy. They all were on that show at that time. So, yeah, we used to play um, baseball with softball with them all the time every year. It was fun. It was a great time, and also with Another World, and, you know, there were more shows at that time, too, that's for sure. So. Yeah, yeah, that's what's crazy, is used to, there was, like, at least, like, ten soaps on the air at one time, and now we're just down to four, and you've been yeah. on three of the four that are on now. Yes, that's true. That's very true. I, You know, it's kind of interesting. When I first started, I started in 1983 um, as Lou Jack, and it was a three-day role, but at that time... Um, I, I think it was like 12 shows on the air at that time. So to watch them dwindle down to four episodes, shows is pretty crazy. Um, it, it, it has felt like some crazy, sick game of musical chairs over the years, you know? They keep pulling another one away, and everybody's just running for those remaining ones that are there, obviously. Um, so, But it's been an interesting tra- change throughout all these years to see this happen. Yeah, I grew up watching all the ABC soaps, so All My Children, which you were on, One Life to Live, and General Hospital, and it's so weird to me is, you know, growing up, one of my favorite pairings was you and Anna Devane, who is back on General Hospital, where she originated the character, and I've seen so many articles, and I've talked about this, how much you belong there. It's called General Hospital. David Hayward was a doctor who was married to Anna. Yeah, I gotta be honest, I'm I'm very touched by the the fan support. It's been, like, ongoing for for actually a couple years, but it seems like it's just been reaching a fevered pitch over the last few months. I think it was probably because... Um, when I went to, in to see a screening of Studio City, Sean Kanan's um, yeah, show that was he great. wrote uh, and produced, and yeah. formed, which was fantastic, by the way. Yeah. I mean, he, they deserve all the accolades they, they could get because they really did a fantastic job. I mean, just on every level. Obviously, the performances, everybody involved was fantastic. But the writing and the production values, everything about it was fantastic. But anyway, as it, that was that's an aside. But uh, while I was going in there, um, there was somebody, I think it was the, it was somebody who was writing, I believe it was Soaps in Depth, and yeah. they interviewed me briefly while I was going in about the nu- numerous things, and one of them, they asked me about General Hospital, and they said, um, would you like to be on that? I said, of course, who would, <laughs> of course I'd want to be on there. Um, it's a great yeah, it's show. Like, would you like it's to be an paid? iconic yeah. show, and I, and I said, and it would be a really easy fit for my character, David Hayward, because I had a connection with Panola as Anna, and we had a child together, Leora, who passed away several months yeah. after birth. Um, so we definitely have that, that backstory together. So, of course, it would, it would make a lot of sense, but it's you know, obviously not my show. So, you know, it's their show, and they, they make the decisions to do that. But I do, I'm very grateful I'm, I, that there's been so much fan support 
over the last few months, especially everybody calling saying that they want me to be on there apparently because it's they're writing it all over on Twitter and on Instagram and other places as well. So I am very grateful for them, very touched. Yeah, and, and they've seen a little bit of success. I know initially the characters were all tied up in a lawsuit with Prospect Park, and nobody wants to get into that. Yes. But now we've had Hillary B. Smith show up as Nora Buchanan, who was a character on One Life to Live, and they've sort yeah. of opened the door to the possibility. So it's not as out of sure. left field. And it's yeah. interesting because it's Finola's 35th anniversary with this show. So, yeah, I'd be curious to see if they, they do listen. Because I, I will say, over the last few years, I've seen them start to get, like, social media and see. You don't want to pander to fans, but there are some things that you could do that people would love to see. Sure, sure. And, I, you know, as I said also, I mean, the, the fact is, my character, David Hayward, does have a connection with one of the main characters on the show. Exactly. So that's where it would make sense. Where other actors that are coming in, they're coming in with new characters, and that's fantastic. You know, that's wonderful that they're getting a chance to do that. I think that it's very, it's unique in my situation because of that. And I love Fanola. Her work is fantastic, always fantastic. She's brilliant. Um, and I just, yeah, it, was, it would be fantastic. I'd love it. It would be exciting to get to work with her again. So, I don't know. We'll yeah. see. Yeah, and we'll see. I mean, it's not like any show is in production at the moment, and so this is a time for them sure. to listen and recoup and see if, you know, t they have the moment here to be able to work this in and see if they can work it out, which which is fun. And this sure. is a unique time for us I anyway. I mean, I know you probably are feeling the quarantine heat being in real estate as well as, you know, sure. acting. Yeah, everybody is. Yeah. I mean, we're all sitting there just riding this right now. Um, I'm I, I, an optimistic person, you know, hopefully optimistic. I, I believe that that things will get back to normal at some point. We just don't know when that point is. And, you know, so we're just riding it through. And I certainly have, uh, you know, my heart goes out to so many people throughout this country that are being really affected by this, uh, by the economy itself. That That's the biggest concern for me, you know, that I see for this country and really for the, for the globe. Um, so I, I try to be sensitive to that fact that there are people that, you know, people are living paycheck to paycheck, you know, and this is a big deal. So hopefully we can then turn things around quickly, quickly rather than later. So we'll see. Yeah. And that's the thing is all we can do is keep positive and try to think sure. of what we can do while we're doing it. Right. Right. And <laughs> it is, it's just that we're all in a really unique situation here. Um, nothing that any of us have ever experienced before. So, you know, you just have to, like I said, be hopeful and trust that um, decisions that are going to be made over the coming weeks are going to be to the betterment of what we need for our country, for the people here. So, and I, I just, I pray that's the case. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah, exactly. It's it's just a waiting game, and it was people in the entertainment industry like us. We understand that's part of life, but some people aren't used to that. Sure. No, of course not. Of course not. And just businesses and everything. I just to see how this impacts even small businesses around the country. That's that's a big deal. So uh, yeah, I guess every week we'll know something more. That's all, and we just have to sit back and just wait it through. You know, we'll see what happens. Yeah, and it was great that you brought up Sean Kanan earlier because he had a really good tweet today that it was like, if you're an actor, performer, entertainer, or have a unique business and you are frustrated and fearful that things have ground to a halt, get proactive. Find ways to promote yourself on podcasts and by creating content for social media and you will feel productive and have purpose. And 
boy, is well, <laughs> that good. Yeah. 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 That's, that's very much true. Um, you know, and I, I think it's great that he did do that for himself, obviously, with yeah, creating with this Studio show, City, with Studio yeah. City. Um, you know, and I have, I've encouraged a lot of people to go on Amazon and watch it because it's, it's also, it's just very, it's very easy to watch. They're like 15 minute episodes. Yeah, it's you know? short. You're done within an hour with the yeah, whole thing. Pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. Um, and it's, it's a lot of fun. Um, so that's great. I mean, he's, he's living out what he's uh, professing. So that's a good thing. Yeah. And that's the thing is not everyone may be gifted, but like we say, there's podcasts. I mean, this certainly, I hope helps you and maybe General Hospital realize that they're missing with no Dr. David Hayward. We'll see. We'll yeah. see. I mean, yeah, like I said, it's their show. They, yeah. they know what they want and what's best for them. And if it happens, that would be fantastic. And if it doesn't, you know, onward. So that's all. That's all we can do. Keep moving. Yeah, because like we said, you've been on all of the other shows as well, and you. I know yeah. it is pretty funny. It was great, I, and it was really nice surprise to get a call to go on Bold and Beautiful. That was really special. Um, that came out of the blue. It was just offered to me. Um, they called and asked if I wanted to do it. It was mine, and I said, "Yeah, I didn't know it was going to be ten episodes," which was also great. Um, it would have it would have been nice if it wasn't also clinical because that's all the yeah. character was. He was a doctor. Um, and I, you know, I, I did what I had to do. I've played the doctor three times now. I'm so far for it. So um, I, I think my the total amount of years of me playing, uh, being a doctor, it was like 14 years. So that's almost like me going to medical school in a way. Yeah. Um, so if they say, is anyone a doctor in the building? Are you able to say that or no? You just played one on TV. <laughs> no, I only, I'll, I'll, I'll say, well, is this, is it something real that's happening here? Or is this fiction? Are we? <laughs> so. Uh, no, I don't think I could be there to assist in anybody, but in anybody's illnesses or anything like that. So, no. Yeah, and it's interesting climate we're in as far as, you know, doctors and TV doctors. I know people love to, to give Dr. Drew help, but I'm like, no, Dr. Drew is an airplane doctor. He's the kind that would, you know, if you say, is there a doctor in the house? He would be able to answer yes. <laughs> Yes, that's true. That's true. I know. I know. But it, it has been a fantastic time yeah. playing these characters. I, I, Being the fact that I, I played um, Dr. Hayward for, I think, like 12 years in total between oh, yeah. the two uh, different versions of it. Um, and I did play Dr. Scott Clark on Santa Barbara for two years. And now this for 10 days. But yeah, I played, I played the doctor for a long time. And it, it's a different animal because you do spend a lot more time I'm excellent with uh, memorization. I've never had a problem with that. But when you're dealing with like long speeches of medicalese, you have to keep repeating that. You kind of go over and over and over again because it's not something that comes naturally for somebody like myself or most people, anybody that's not in that profession. Um, but it's very rewarding. I love it, especially if you have a character like David who is so multifaceted and so complex because him, the personal side to Dr. David was kind of like a little sociopathic, a little pathological. <laughs> um, but also he saved lives. So there's the flip side. So it was, it was a great character for that reason. Um, you know, and I just, I found him to be a joy to perform. He was fantastic. Yeah, he was a complicated man. And those are the best characters. I mean, oh, yeah. er Erica Kane, Todd Manning, none of these people were like good people. They were complex. Yes, this is hmm. true. That's very true. I mean, even honestly, that's just been, for me, my favorite characters have always been that. I, even playing Deimos on Days of Our Lives. Um, the, really, the, the 
secret to the success of that character at the time that I was on it, it was the backstory of the fact that the guy spent 30 years in jail for a murder that he did not commit of the woman that was the first love of his life. And it turns out that his brother set him up, Victor. Um, so when he gets out of jail after 30 years, he comes to, you know, seek vengeance upon his brother. Um, and that was, so that was a great backstory because he was wrongfully convicted of something and lost 30 years of his life and also lived in those 30 years with the memory of the woman that he was in love with that died. Um, so that was pretty, that, that was a great backstory for that character. So yeah, he did some evil things. And I think that once he, uh, once Maggie became paralyzed on that show, I don't know if you know the show very well, but Maggie is sort mm -hmm. of like untouchable in the eyes yes. of the, the mm -hmm. audience. It's like, don't mess with Maggie. <laughs> <laughs> so once he did that, that was a problem um, for for the audience of the characters, um, for the other characters as well. So, but it's just, I love playing characters like that. I love it. Yeah, because as they say, I mean, even going back to like Dynasty and other things, you rooted for Alexis. You didn't root for the sure. hero. You like the bad guy because it's TV. Of it course. is entertainment. It's not real life. And certainly complicated people or even anti-heroes like we have with Preacher or Breaking Bad or things like that. That's what's yeah. interesting. It's the mess. It's, you know, why do they do the things that they do? I mean, you get why good yeah. people do good, but why do bad people do bad? I know. And I, it's what's so great about it, too, especially like with David is a good example of this. I found it very rewarding when fans would support David over somebody like Joe Martin. Okay, who was sort of the, the mainstay <laughs> yeah. of, of Pine Valley, you know, held up as sort of like the, 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 the depiction of good virtue and, and goodness. Um, I, so when they took my side over his, I was like, wow, that's a victory. <laughs> I really did. I felt this is fantastic. I'm doing something right here. And I, but I, it's always been that for me with creating a character is that, especially somebody like that he really he rationalizes why he's doing the things that he's doing to him it's not evil or somebody that's hurting somebody deceiving somebody he's doing it because he believes in his heart that he should do what he's doing which is that's the sort of sociopathic side to it um <laughs> but if he can get if i as the actor can even get the audience to sympathize with why he's doing what he's doing that's a great success i'm very happy with that it's fun <laughs> Yeah, everyone is the hero of their own story. And it's interesting yes. to see people's motivations when the average person might not look at it the same way, but you're giving a different perspective. And whether you agree with it or not, in their heart, they see it to be right. Oh, absolutely. And I've always believed this even with any character, with any person, actually. I, I truly believe that the line between good and evil runs through the heart of every human being. And obviously it manifests itself to greater or lesser degree in each individual. So that's what you always have to work with. Nobody is perfect, you know. Nobody yeah. is 100% virtuous and uh, upstanding. Everybody has their issues. Everybody does. Um, so, like I said, to greater or lesser degree. So some characters have much more darkness in them than, than light. And others, they ward against the, the darkness and they try to, you know, bring out more light in themselves. So that's good. You know, that's the human enterprise that we're experiencing. That's great. And that's the beauty of the actor is to get to play out all your demons without actually having to kill anyone. <laughs> yes, this is also true. That's also true. And yes, and then you can go home and enjoy your family and everything. And nobody, nobody's knocking on your door with handcuffs. That's a good thing. So... Yeah, I think some people are always like, how can they play that? It's like, how could you not play that? You get to really work into every one of your worst impulses without any consequence. 
Yeah, yeah. that's true. It is. It's great. And it's also, I, I would say this, that I find it so rewarding to have had the opportunity to work with so many amazing actors throughout all these years. I've been doing day, I did daytime. Now it's been almost 40 years. Um, I, I started in 1983 as Lou Jack. So I, you know, I'm in my 30, 30, 37th year now. So that's, that's amazing. Um, and I've had the opportunity to work with so many brilliant actors, and especially as a young actor, I, I've found so much inspiration working opposite people like, uh, you know, it's everyone from Larry Gates, um, Beverly McKenzie, David Canary, you know, yeah. um, you know James uh, Mitchell, you know, people like that. I, I just, Ruth Warwick, um, there's so many veteran actors that I had opportunity to work at, under and, and just to watch their their level of, of excellence and expertise, their their professionalism um, from a, from day to day. It wasn't like a movie or or a TV show where you go in and you're done within a, a week or three months for a movie. You get to watch these per, these people perform for years and years, and it just for me it was always an inspiration and always helped me to raise the bar for myself to make sure that I'm you know, I'm holding my own. You know, so it was very exciting. And that's the beauty of daytime is it's almost like acting boot camp. And you have people of different walks of life and different skill levels and everything all learning and being thrown into the same pit together. Sure, sure. That's very true. And like I said earlier, it is like one big repertory company. Every time I go from one show to another, there's always at least 20% of the people in that show that I've worked with at one point or another, whether it's directors, actors, people in the production crew. Um, it always is like that, or, or writers that have been from one show to the next, producers, even executive producers. So that's always great. It's always nice because even going on to On the Beautiful, my first day on set there, I knew so many people. Um, so it feels like home, always, you know, and I love that. Yeah, and that is the beauty of daytime. I know at least for me, my relationship has always been, it's always been there. Something, these people have always been there in your life. And it, it's comforting in a way. And that's why I do hope that even with what's going on now, that this, you know, comes out on the good side of daytime. I know sure. the ratings have been doing better and things like that. And we'll lead yes. to people sort of going back to basics and back to, you know, this was an escape for people. <laughs> Sure. Yeah. It always it always has been. Um, entertainment is. I mean, honestly, just think about even today. Every time I talk to people, people are binge watching shows like crazy, <laughs> um, and that's been my my thing too. Sometimes I'm staying up way too late because I don't want to miss. I want. I, I don't want to miss the next episode. I don't want to push it to the next day. It's like, oh, I gotta watch this. Um, and I bet that's always been like that with daytime because we're airing five days a week, every week of the year. And people have followed it sometimes for 30, 40 years for some of these shows. Um, so that's it. We're really like family to them as well, you know. And I've, that's always been one of the best parts about traveling around the country and doing appearances. You get to meet people face to face. It's different from doing a, a stage play where you're on stage and you get that immediacy between the performer and the, and the audience. Um, the other way, the first when I first started doing television, it's different. You're working in a bubble and the reaction to it is months later, um, especially if you're on Days of Our Lives or six, yeah. six months later yeah. where the shows, well, they're, they're right now probably doing the best as far as that because they have so many shows in the can. 
Oh, yeah, um, they were eight months ahead, so they're good. I, <laughs> they may be the only new show was, for a long time. Yeah, I honestly, that was the strangest thing when I first went on that show. And I asked them before in the first meeting that I had with them, because that was another one that I just sat down and had a meeting with them, and then I got offered the role, which was great. But I asked them, I said, how far in advance are you? And at that time, I think there were five, six months. I was like, what? I've never heard of that before. You know, I've been on shows where it's as little as two weeks that you're airing two weeks later. Um, but, the, but as I was saying before, though, when you go out and you do these appearances, you get to meet people face to face and you get their honest reaction to what's going on. And they really do feel like they have a part of it now. Um, that's changed since the earlier period when I first started working in daytime because of social media. Now there's immediacy there. Um, you know, everybody has a voice now. Everybody has access. For so better or for worse. What, yeah. For better or for worse. <laughs> yeah. I absolutely. And I find that in all areas of society, frankly. It's tough. I mean, because I feel like social media really has devolved in many instances into anti-social media. And it's just really painful to watch. I mean, I just even, you know, yesterday it was on a, on a local site um, next door here and people were writing in. It was like a husband and wife who were landlords. Um for the property that they have. And they were asking just an honest, legitimate question. If anybody knows um, any information about what's going on with the county here, LA County, because there's a whole thing where obviously some people aren't being able to pay rent. Um, And there are provisions for that, you know, so people could, and I've been sending out forms for people to fill out for their landlords where they can either defer like a three month rent pay it on the fourth month or they can defer um, and amortize it in equal installments for the duration of their remaining lease. Um, and for for landlords that they can do the same thing with their banks, they can defer, defer their mortgage for three months and pay it all in the fourth or they can, def- they can amortize it for a duration of 12 months. And if they need to push it to the end of their loan, then they have to um, basically restructure the loan, but they have to show, um, you know, have evidence of hardship for themselves to be able to do that. So I'm giving information to people like that, but I'm just stunned with how many people were so hostile towards them simply because they're landlords and they're a husband and wife that probably have a rental property that they rent to somebody. And it's just, that's the hardest part about social media for me, how quickly people attack one another um, without even taking a moment to be considerate of the fact that there are all sides to this. So there are provisions for people that are both landlords and for tenants right now, and people just need to be aware of it. I know that's an aside, but I think it's just an example of what I experienced even yesterday of how hostile people were towards them for even asking a legitimate question that was outrageous to me and it's just it makes it unpleasant to go on some of these sites sometimes because it's it's political the political side is just it's very disturbing it never stops um so just it's just very strange to watch this how people so quickly attack one another without taking a moment to try and understand that maybe people are coming from a different place in their life than where you are and maybe they need some answers, you know, or maybe they're standing for something that you may not agree with, but they have their reasons for standing for it. It's just, it's tough. It's a weird time with social media. It's so negative sometimes. 
So anyway, so that's me. That's my slide. I'm sorry about that. (laughs) I know social media is such a touchy subject. And I know I was having a discussion with my brother earlier about like, why can't people disagree anymore? And we understand different sides. We were talking about how in sports, you know, when teams win or lose, often teammates from each team go out and have a beer after because guess what? It it was a game. They won, 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 lost, or how a prosecutor and a defense attorney, they go out for drinks after the case. Sure. Sometimes you win, sometimes you lose, but it is just life and you can disagree and still be on the same team. Yeah, you can mutually respect one another still, even though you might have a difference of opinion. Um, It's just so hard because people so quickly demonize one another, um, marginalize and vilify one another. And it's just hard to watch. It it really does bring out the worst part of of our our natures, you know. Um, And I do everything I can to try and avoid getting into the mix on those things. It's sometimes hard, um, but it's it's just weird. So, yeah, I try to stay away from some of the sites, you know, as much as possible, even though in my industry it's kind of you need to have a presence there. Um, And it's, you know, and so there's a good side to it as well, obviously. Um, But it is tough sometimes just to see how quickly people are hostile towards one another. Yeah, that's why I love the mute button because it's like, look, even you don't you don't have to see it. They don't have to know you didn't see it, and everybody's yeah. happy. And then they're just yelling into a void. But I, we can't do that yeah. in real life, unfortunately. <laughs> no, unfortunately, we can't. We can't. You know, like we're all just trying to find our footing now, anyway. And hopefully, in this next few months, things will get back to some sense semblance of normalcy. That would be fantastic. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah, and that's the thing, is it's very reminiscent of pre-revolutionary war France. Uh, so hopefully we don't go down that route. <laughs> oh, I hope not. Yeah. That would not be good. No. That could get very ugly, you know. So let's let's not even think that's a possibility <laughs> right now. Let's hope that doesn't happen. That would be crazy. Yeah, and let's keep the drama in daytime, people. <laughs> that's a good idea. I like that. Let's just create more drama for daytime. Definitely. So I know that production has stopped, but is there anything else you have coming up that you'd love for the fans to know about? You know, not right now. Everything has been at a standstill, Um, you know, so we're all just trying to find out what, you know, what's the first step to take after all of this happens. I mean, obviously, we're going to have to open up the economy at some point, but we don't know what the stages will be. We don't know when, um, you know, production will start again. We don't know when restaurants will open again. We don't know um, most of the things that we're, we've become so reliant on and so accustomed to. So at this point, I really don't have anything. Um, you know, people have been watching some of my past <laughs> movies, NBC and Lifetime movies on Amazon, apparently, because people keep commenting on them. So that's good. I like that. Lying Eyes is one of them. Another one is Left to Die that I did with Barbara Hershey a couple of years ago. Um you know, those, that was really, it was a great project. I love doing that. Shot that in Bogota, Colombia. Um, yeah, I mean, so that's that's all right now that I could think of. Uh, yeah. And that's the beauty of if you've had content out in the past that people could take a second look at or for the first time yeah. discover it. And because yeah. I know I've been watching a lot of stuff lately or going back to things I watched before. You know, I, it's for me, um, it's funny also because I'm not really, I've never been much of a YouTuber. I don't go on YouTube very often, but I do know people that do. And it's been interesting because so many people have been posting old um, videos of me from shows 
as far back as Guiding Light, Blue Jack, um, but even from all of the shows, different ones. And it's always, it's interesting to see them. Some of the scenes I can, I don't remember at all that I even performed these, shows, these scenes, which is pretty crazy since I did do them, obviously. And that's for better or worse, too, because occasionally I'll see something like, oh, my God, I can't even look at myself in this scene. It's tough. Uh, you can't escape it. It's that kind of thing. Um, but, you know, on a personal note, which is really, for me, this is what's with me and my kids and everything. Um, that's even more important for me in my life. Um, I have another grandchild coming in May. My, my son, Ash, and his wife, Janine, they, they have a, uh, a daughter, my granddaughter, Erily, who was born a year ago in January. And now they have another one coming in May, mm -hmm. um, which is very exciting. I'm really excited about that, looking forward to that. Um, my, it's, it's tough because I know that there's so many other kids, like my son Elias, he's in his 12th year of high school right now. This is oh, his wow. graduating year. Yeah. So this is a graduating year like no other graduating year. So it's, it's hard for him right now. Um, he's homeschooling like most kids, you know, working off of the computer and doing his classes there so he'll be able to graduate. Um, but nothing is happening the way it, it would have happened normally for him as a 12th grader. Um, obviously, that's not like the end of the world. It's not. It's just it's different. And, you know, so it's he's, he's going through it. He's fine. Um, my oldest, my youngest daughter, Aria, she graduated Loyola last year. So she's she's doing well, but she's in New Orleans. So she's staying safe there. She's working in New Orleans. Yeah, they had and, some of the worst cases there. Yeah, they got hit hard all of a yeah. sudden. It just happened very quickly there. Um, so she's definitely social distancing there and staying home and staying safe. Um, doing her part there as well. My daughter, um, Sienna, she's in Brooklyn. Um, she's doing fine there too. She's staying safe and healthy. And my son, Ash, I, I wrote this on social media a while ago because I was really happy that he was participating in this. He went up to New York um, City about a month ago, I guess probably three, three weeks ago. He went there and was part of the team, brought in a team of uh, respiratory specialists um, and they are, he was part of the, the team that set up the uh, the field hospital in Central Park a few a few months, weeks ago. Oh wow! Uh, for coronavirus victims that are suffering from it, um, so he was there for a couple of weeks um, doing that. And he returned home. He lives in Boone, North Carolina, but he's been quarantined for the last week. Right now, it's been it's been over a week. I think it was a Saturday a week ago. So he's been quarantined for two weeks because my my uh, daughter in law is eight months pregnant so he couldn't be near her yeah. during that time so he had to make sure that he was you know obviously disease free um so he's there now and um, they'll be getting together soon and he'll be able to be there for the birth and that's very exciting so that's that's the fantastic thing about all of this you know the life is going on and we have a lot to celebrate so i'm very happy for that that's great and, and that's all we can do is look for the little things like that or big things like having sure. a grandchild and let, yeah. life is going on. As much as some stuff has stopped, it doesn't mean sure. that, that our world has stopped turning. Yes, that's for sure. That's for sure. Which is the best part of it, you know? So. All right. Well, thank you so much for doing this. Yeah, Lucretia, thank you. Thank you. It's um, I haven't done anything like a podcast in a long time, so it's... Uh, it's it's a different dynamic. I'm I'm hoping that it, it came through okay. Yeah, so, it was great. It was, it was a pleasure speaking with you, and um, yeah, and I look forward to all of us getting back our lives again sometime soon, and uh, you know keep those daytime shows going. That would be fantastic. 
Yeah, like the sands of the hourglass, these are the days of our lives, even if yeah, they're, no you know, we're inside. <laughs> yeah. That's right. That's for sure. That's for sure. Well, thank you, Lucretia. You take care of yourself and stay healthy and safe yourself. Thank All you. Right? You too. All right. Bye now. Thank you guys so much for listening to Believe in Soap Operas. If you like the show, be sure to rate us on your favorite podcasting app. And if you have something to say, hit the review button. I might read your comment on the air. Be sure you are subscribed to the channel, since as of next week, we are pushing the schedule to a Tuesday-Friday from now on. So instead of Throwback Thursday, it will be Flashback Friday to coincide with your favorite daytime shows. Except for days, of course. So stay safe and healthy and keep on believing. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.